this is Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This is episode 313 of the Special Chronicles show. This week on Special Chronicles, we bring you our unified schools building a unified generation, a best of our three-part unified schools podcast series. is caught right now on SpecialChronicles.com. I shudder thinking how the world can be so cruel. I lend my voice to those who care. Podcasting since 2008. This is the show where we're broadcasting disability stories from an insider's perspective and we are giving a voice to people with special needs. This is your weekly guide to finding joy, acceptance, and inclusion. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Special Chronicles show. My name is Daniel, and I am your host and founder of Special Chronicles. So good to be back behind the mic, and this week we are bringing you a best of our Unified Schools three-part podcast series that we produced in the fall of 2017, so exactly a year ago is when we originally aired this Unified Schools podcast series, three-part series, that we produced in partnership with Special Olympics International based in Washington, D.C. And this, so if you, if you, uh, even if you hold that, that, that series, and you, um, or maybe you have missed it, or you want to hear it again, we are bringing you this bust of series where I have taken the best of highlighted segments from each of those three power series into a one-hour special. So instead of so, if if you want to listen to the four episodes in full, you can go on to specialchronicles.com slash unified schools. It's all one word, specialchronicles.com slash unified schools, and you can listen to the to the full. Uh, it's three hours. If you add all the three parts together for three hours, um, but if for whatever reason you don't have time or you just want to kind of listen to this best stuff, this year we are bringing you Unified Schools Building a Unified Generation. Our one hour Unified School special begins right now on SpecialChronicles.com. My name is Soren Palumbo. I'm a senior director of global youth engagement with Special Olympics. Hi, I'm Haley Bernacki. I'm the senior manager of youth engagement for Special Olympics. I'm Megan Hesney. I'm the manager of Unified Schools for Special Olympics. And you're listening to the Special Chronicle Show podcast, giving respect and voice to people with special needs. Um, for any of you listeners, why don't you all three uh, introduce yourself? Sure. So I will. I'll. I'll jump in. So you're. You're right, Daniel. I'm a. I'm a returning guest, and I'm very excited to be back and talking with you today. So we. We talked last time about about two different things, and that's a, a good way to start my introduction. So I. We talked last time about spread the word to end the word, the end the R word campaign. Uh, I I founded spread the word to end the word when I was in college with a friend of mine, Timbo Shriver. Uh, when we were sophomores in college uh, back in 2009. 
And what started as an experiment at a couple of schools quickly grew to a much larger experiment at many, many schools. And now we're coming up on, next year will be our 10th year of Spread the Word to End the World. Awesome. We've had, yeah, we've had hundreds of thousands of young people take pledges to think about what their language does for people with intellectual disabilities, for themselves, specifically around the R word. And I think that we have seen change happening, not only in the U.S., but we have we have in the R word campaigns in, in Indonesia, in parts of Africa, and parts of Latin America, and across Europe. Uh, so this has turned into a global thing over the last 10 years. So so excited that we were able to talk about it some years yeah. ago and, and the, the growth that it's had since then. So that's one, that's one hat that I wear at Special Olympics. Another one is we've talked about our college program, and I'm excited that we have Haley with us today who, who manages and runs and grows and has been for years, our college program. Uh, we started that back in 2009 with just a couple of schools, and under Haley's guidance and direction, it's grown to grown from just a couple to just a couple hundred in the U.S. and around the world. So, so excited to hear her talk more about that later. And then now my, my role, I've been... Uh, I've come back full-time with Special Olympics just in the last couple of months, and now I lead our global youth engagement efforts. So that includes Unified Schools, which we'll talk a lot about today. That includes our Inclusive Youth Leadership Programs, uh, which is people with and without intellectual disabilities, young people standing up and advocating for themselves and for inclusion, and includes other pieces like Spread the Word and the Word and, and other things that the Youth Summit that's, that we do, other pieces that we use to engage young people in a message of inclusion around the world. So that is that's my role. I think it had. I think it's the the most exciting part of what we do at Special Olympics. I'm a little bit biased, um, but we are. I, we, Megan Haley and I joke that we are not trying to improve your grandmother's Special Olympics. We're trying to build your granddaughter's Special Olympics. Uh, we're here to see what can Special Olympics be in 2000. Not 2018, but 2030, 2040, 2050. Uh, what can it look like? How big can it get? Uh, how impactful can it get? So that's that's what we work on as a team. I think we've got the the best thing going within Special Olympics, and we've got the best team going. So that is that's me. The one other thing that I'll, I'll throw in is that I I came to this type of work uh, through my family. So I, I have a, a younger sister with an intellectual disability, my younger sister Olivia. Mm-hmm. And seeing all that she, not only what she offers, but also the stigma that she faces has inspired me to spend you know, the rest of my life trying to, trying to make a world that remembers stigma um, when associated with people with intellectual disabilities rather than one that experiences it day to day. And I think that we can do it. Yeah, I think absolutely. that young people is a great place to start. Um, and the work, that, the work that we do, the work that you do, Daniel, is, uh, is all, all a part of making that a reality. So I will, I will stop. I will let everyone else here introduce themselves. Uh, you can tell I'm very excited and very long-winded about this. Uh, but I will, why don't we, we'll let Haley introduce herself and tell about, about her role, and then we'll come back here to Megan. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, I'm Haley Bernacki. As I had mentioned, I oversee the college and university activation for Special Olympics. I first started my engagement with Special Olympics around 10 years ago when I became a coach and a unified partner in high school in Southern California. I then moved to Washington, D.C. for university, and that is when I got in contact with SOI. 
uh, Special Olympics International who, who has their headquarters uh, in DC. And I started as an intern um, right after Soren started the, at the time, our ESSO college program. Um, it was handed to me as kind of a pet project as an intern and said, hey, what can you make of this? You're in the university space. You're obviously a student. Um, so how can you make this bigger um, than what it is currently? And so I spent three years as an intern at Special Olympics International, growing the college programming. When I graduated, um, our college programming had become such a, a big part of who we were as an organization that I came on full-time as a staff member four years ago. And since then, my position has grown um, to not just overseeing college programming within the U.S., but overseeing college programming um, around the world as well. So currently... Our college programming is we have 400 universities globally that are engaged in Special Olympics clubs or unified sports, and we have 282 universities that have clubs and or ongoing unified sports opportunities just in the United States. Um, and the bulk of what we do within universities is we start a official Special Olympics college clubs, um, which run as student organizations on campus. And then we also do unified sports opportunities um, and ongoing engagement um, in terms of taking local Special Olympics athletes and pairing them up with university students on campus to have ongoing sports seasons throughout the year. So awesome. that's uh, a little bit of my position. So I will hand it over to Megan. Thanks, Haley. I'm Megan Henze. I'm the manager of Unified Schools at Special Olympics International. Like Soren, I first came to Special Olympics through a family connection. So my younger sister, Erin, is a special athlete. She has autism and intellectual disability. Um, and my mother is also um, a local coordinator and coach for Special Olympics um, for my local program in Connecticut, where I'm from. And actually, Special Olympics is what spurred her to want to go into special education. So I grew up in the Special Olympics movement. I ran in my first unified relay when I was about 10, later became a coach. Um, so that's really inspired me in my new role to make sure that as many children and youth as possible have the same opportunity that I had and that my sister had to be involved in unified sports. And specifically, I look at providing those opportunities through school. Focus entirely outside of the U.S. Um, the Special Olympics movement is truly global. We're in over 170 countries. So um, I work with all of our different regional offices um, to help adapt the unified sports programming in schools that we do and inclusive youth leadership and other ways that we engage and activate youth around inclusion to fit all of the different cultures and all of the different school systems um, and ways that education runs around the world. Um, there's many parts of the world where students with and without intellectual disabilities might not be in the same school, where um, students with intellectual disabilities might be going to special education schools. Um, so we work on models that bring those students together. Um, there are also some parts of the world where children with intellectual disabilities don't go to school. So we work on ways that they can come into schools for unified sports opportunities. 
um, and other ways that we can get more and more students and youth playing unified, learning together, playing together, um, and growing up to be that unified generation that, like Soren says, doesn't have um, the same type of stigma and discrimination that's um, unfortunately been a reality for people with intellectual disabilities for yeah. too long. Let's begin by uh, giving all the scenarios and Hugo's introduction and what the Unified Schools Department is and how the Unified Schools program got started. Um, I, I think some, some people have said in the past that, that it used to, I think maybe um, 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 Joey um, um, Holloway from, from your office has, has, said, has said that it, it used to be the Project Unify. So how did the Unified Schools program get started and a little bit about about the the department overall. Yeah, yeah. so let me um, let me give uh, an overview, and then Megan and Haley can can dig in on the on the parts that they they run day to day. So we so Special Olympics has worked with schools in some way for a long time, right? School tracks have been a place for track and field events. School pools have been a place for swimming events. But it's been more of like more of a venue, or maybe a place to get volunteers from, rather than these centers for inclusion and transformation. And that's, I think, what we are trying to do at yeah. Unified Schools. It's not just find a place where we can host a track meet. It's find a place where a lot of young people are that we can empower as leaders for inclusion going forward. So that that mindset really happened about. About 10 years ago, um, when what was then known as Project Unify got started. And Project Unify, for, for those who don't know, was, is, a, is a U.S.-based program, which has gotten support from the U.S. Department of Education, that works to, works to change schools in three ways. One is to bring unified sports to schools. The second is to bring inclusive youth leadership opportunities into schools. And the third is to find ways to engage the rest of the student body, so the ones who maybe aren't on the unified sports teams or aren't in the Special Olympics clubs, the rest of the student body, in a message of inclusion. And that can be things like a pep rally, that can be uh, the R Word campaign, that could be a spirit week, some way to engage the rest of the student body. But it works on with those three components. Mm -hmm. Sports, inclusive youth leadership, and whole school engagement. And... When we started 10 years ago, it was a, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was a pretty radical idea. Yeah. Uh, people didn't think that uh, young people with and without intellectual disabilities could come together to, to change this. Because our, our hypothesis, our, our theory, our conviction was that if you brought these three pieces together, you were going to change a school. And it... Uh, wasn't a typical classroom, you know, here's a textbook type of curriculum. Yeah. It was, we're going to change the ways the hallways look, the way the cafeteria looks, the way that uh, the gymnasium looks. And through that, we're going, we're going to create a generation of young people who are standing side by side, whether you have an intellectual disability or not, people of all ability levels coming together through sport in other ways. So we're now in year 10 of that, and it has grown from 
and dozens of schools to we are now in 5,400 elementary, middle, high school, and college universities in the United States uh, with those three components. So it has grown tremendously over the last so many years. And that's a that's across the entire country. Mm-hmm. So so that is that's one that's one piece of it. Yeah. We have this U.S. based uh, what we now call unified champion schools, and then another piece of it. Megan said this earlier. We work Special Olympics does in 172 countries around the world. The U.S. is a big country, but it's one of 172. So we work with schools in the other 171 countries around the world, and it looks different in each one of those places. Mm. A school in Alabama doesn't look like a school in Albania. A school in Mumbai doesn't look like a school in Milwaukee, doesn't like look like a school in Morocco or in Macau or anywhere else in the mm. world. So we are so one of the things that we work on as a team is how do we how do we design a program that can create the unified generation, can empower the unified generation across all of these different types of schools and different types of education systems. So we work in these schools to do something that I think is pretty basic. It's to bring unified sports into the school setting. And it's to engage students in unified sports. And it might be unified cricket in, in India or parts of the Caribbean. It might be... Uh, it might be unified basketball in other parts of the world. It might be unified football or soccer in some parts of the world. But it's young people with without intellectual disabilities coming together to play sports awesome. and doing it as students in schools. And that's not to say we don't do things in the community, but that's to say that we think that there's something special about doing this in schools. And when we start with sports and then we can begin to layer on the inclusive leadership piece, we can layer on the engagement of the rest of the student body, that's when we really get transformational impact. So... So think about it, I think, in, in two pieces. One is what we're doing in the USA, and that's very exciting, and there's been huge mm-hmm. growth, and there will continue to be growth, but that's just one slice of the entire world uh, where we have programming in 172 countries. Uh, so I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause because I want to give Megan and Haley a quick chance yeah. to talk about you know, what, do, what are, I'll, I'll ask Megan to talk about maybe what are some of our different models that we work like we we say that you know a school in baltimore is different from a school in beijing but what does that look yeah, like so yeah, yeah what does it look a little like? bit about that and then maybe Haley can talk a little about what the college programming looks like in all these different parts of the world too is that yeah is that cool can we yeah go, yeah go yeah there? yeah let's go there then great so what soren described is very typical of what a unified school or unified champion school looks like especially in the united states um, but as you said, and as I was saying earlier, there's a lot of parts in the, of the world where the schools and the school system, especially for students with intellectual disabilities, don't look the same as they do in the United States, and where opportunities for education are different for students with intellectual disabilities. Um, but we still, working with all of our different Special Olympics programs around the world, find ways to make those opportunities to bring students with and without intellectual disabilities together to play sport. So one place that's been really successful with unified schools um, has been China. Um, So I I lived and worked in China for a year and a half, and um, there's still a lot of stigma, a lot of discrimination, and a lot of barriers for people with intellectual disabilities there. 
Um, many of them still go to separate schools from students without intellectual disabilities. So they'll go to a special special education school and not to the, the general school for their area. Um, but what Special Olympics East Asia and Special Olympics China have done have made partnerships between a special school in a city and a mainstream school in a city. And those schools um, come together to have unified sports opportunities where their students get to know each other. Um, they get to form friendships and bonds that you make with your teammates when you're playing sports together. And then they've also done a lot around inclusive youth leadership training with those students. So that's really powerful because students with intellectual disabilities in China have often been educated separately from their peers without disabilities. Some students that don't have disabilities have never met someone with a disability before. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're getting to know someone with an intellectual disability as a person, whereas before they may have just heard things or seen things on TV, they may have felt really afraid because they've never interacted with someone with a disability before. They, they didn't know what to expect. And it's really powerful to see how through that exposure, by becoming familiar with one another, by becoming friends with one another, their minds start to change. They start to see that um, their teammates with intellectual disabilities are just like them in a lot of ways. They appreciate the ways that they're different um, and see that as something they can also learn from as well. Um, and then also gets them thinking about ways that they can make their communities more inclusive. And it's been really exciting to see that program grow and develop um, in China and see how we can take the lessons we've learned there and take them to other parts of the world that are facing very similar challenges. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I think... Do you want to jump in on colleges? It might be on. Might be on. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It was on mute. Apologies. And... and Building off of that, a big piece of why we engage our colleges and universities is to focus on transition. We are engaging hundreds of thousands of students around the world every single day when it comes to our unified champion school programming and our unified school programming, and we don't want to lose that momentum. We want to continue to engage those students. We want them to become lifelong advocates. Uh, supporters and volunteers for the Special Olympics movement. And so that's a big reason why we continue to have university and college engagement. And as I mentioned a little earlier, the, the cornerstone of our university activation is clubs, so official student organizations on campus. In some countries around the world, they take the the form of societies, they take the form of student groups, they take the, the form of different things, um, but in the U.S., the term club, student club, um, resonates with probably a lot of your listeners and viewers. Um, and then on top of that, we also do unified sports. Um, our focus is to do ongoing unified sports activities. Um, so in the U.S. and other parts of the world, that looks like unified sports intramurals. So it's multiple teams from the same university competing against each other. Um, in other cases, it's intercollegiate. So it's teams from 
you know, it's two universities competing against each other. Um, and then sometimes it's kind of a round-robin tournament where you have a lot of teams from a lot of different schools um, participating as well. So that's the cornerstone of what we do within universities. And kind of our big, one of our largest goals with engaging university students in particular is to connect to their future career. So we want to engage uh, future health professionals and have them recognize that they should be able to to treat people with intellectual disabilities. We want to work with future businessmen and women that want to hire athletes. Um, we want to work with future politicians that want to advocate for our athletes. We want to engage with a full range of university students so they can see how Special Olympics should be a part of their life moving forward. Absolutely. is Megan Huzzy. I'm from Special Olympics International Unified Schools, and you're listening to the Special Chronicles Show podcast, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. So let's begin by talking about some of the work uh, uh, across the globe, uh, some of the work internationally. Is that, um, first, is, is some of the um, unified schools in different countries, is that different than what some of the programs do here in the U.S.? So. Talk, talk a little bit about yeah yeah so as i was saying um in the u.s a lot of students with intellectual disabilities are in the same school as their pairs yeah. or their peers that don't have intellectual disabilities so that makes it easier when you're doing things like unified sports or um inclusive youth leadership activities for students um to do those on a more frequent and ongoing basis because they're in the same building. Even if they're not necessarily in the same classroom, um, they're in the same building. So it's easier in those um, schools to do things like a unified PE class or an after-school unified sports team because the students are already in the same school. So they see each other more often, and it's taking a school that is already kind of inclusive in the fact that they have students with and without intellectual disabilities in the same school, um, but making it more socially included. Mm -hmm. So the school climate is more of one where all students feel like they belong because we know that just because you're in the same school as somebody doesn't mean it's it's inclusive. You mm -hmm. might still feel like an outsider. Yeah. You might still be getting bullied. Um, so that's what unified sports does in school systems like what we have a lot in the U.S. Um, in school systems um, in places like China where students with and without intellectual disabilities are usually not in the same school. Students with intellectual disabilities are usually in separate special education schools. That can be a little bit more difficult. And they still do it, and our school program in China has been really successful in growing. It just got started about two years ago, um, and they've been growing very quickly. Um, and what they have to do is have partnerships between a general education school and a special education school um, and bring students together either a couple times a semester um, or after school on a more ongoing basis 
um, to do unified sports together. Um, and that can be tricky in some places because the special education school and the general education school might not be near each other. So then you have to figure out things like transportation um, and the students without intellectual disabilities um, may have never even met someone with a disability before doing unified sports in that case. So it's really powerful and really important because they don't have students with intellectual disabilities in their school. So without unified sports, they may never have met anyone with an intellectual disability before. But it does mean that those programs have to put in a little bit more effort to get the students um, engaged with each other um, on a more ongoing basis and it can be harder for them to see each other every day or have practices every week because they have to get from their school to the other school. Um, so that can be a challenge, yeah. but like I said, it's very powerful in those places because without something like unified sports, um, a lot of um, students with and without intellectual disabilities wouldn't have the chance to play together because they're not learning together. Um, in the same school. Yeah. So one of the things that you guys do at, at Special Olympics is, is the Global Youth Summit. You mm -hmm. First, talk a little bit about what is the, this Global um, Youth um, Summit and when it takes place. It, does it only take place at the World Games or is, is, is this an event that happens at other times uh, mm -hmm. throughout the year as well? So the Global Youth Leadership Summit um, takes place at our World Games. So it's been going on for some decades now. At every World Games, there's um, a Global Youth Leadership Summit. Um, and they've kind of evolved over the years. They don't look exactly the same as they did when they started. Um, but the Global Youth Leadership Summit at the World Winter Games um, takes youth with and without intellectual disabilities. Most of them come in a unified pair of one youth with intellectual disabilities and one without intellectual disabilities. Um, and they come from all over the world. So this year um, in March, when we had the Global Youth Leadership Summit at the World Winter Games in Austria, we had 44 youth um, from 18 countries and seven U.S. states that were there. And they all come and... Um, this year and for the past few years, they've come with a project that they've designed um, for their community as a, something they're going to do in their school or in their community to promote acts of inclusion. Um, and they've designed that and they applied with that and they were selected um, based not only off of their involvement in Special Olympics and their leadership skills, but also on their project um, and what they wanted to do in their community. Um, and then they come um, for the World Winter Games, and they're not competing. They're, mm. not, they're not athletes in the games. Um, but what we do is um, some inclusive youth leadership training. They learn about themselves as leaders and um, some leadership skills. And then they learn inclusive youth leadership skills. So how are you a leader that works with people of, different ability levels um, and leads in a way that includes and empowers other people, which is a really important thing that we do um, with Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. 
And they also learn some project management skills, um, which are things like budgeting and time management um, and all those different things that they need to be able to take the project proposal that they've written and actually make it come to life once they go back home. Um, and then after they go home, they get a little grant um, from Special Olympics to fund them doing their project. Um, and when they do that and during the summit, they come with an adult mentor um, who is either a Special Olympics staff member or an educator from their home country um, who is there to mentor and help them in doing their project and uh, really supporting them on their whole journey after the summit, during the summit, and before the summit. Um, so in addition to all those those workshops and all of that pretty intense training yeah. that we do during the summit, we do have a lot of fun Um and the youth are coming from all over the world, so it's a really good opportunity for them to see how all the work they've been doing with Special Olympics feeds into this huge global movement. Uh, Special Olympics is in 172 countries. It's a lot of places. Mm -hmm. We're really um, changing the world as a movement, so they can see how the work they're doing at home in their small school and their community feeds into this really big movement of people all over the world, and they find that to be really empowering. Um, and they also get yeah. to learn about people from all over the world. So mm -hmm. a lot of um, the youth that came to our summit this year had never left their home country before. A lot of them had never been away from home before. So then they get to have a roommate that's, if they're from New York, their roommate might be from Pakistan or if they're from Great Britain, they might have a roommate from Macau um, in Asia. So they get to meet and make friends from all over the world, um, which is really good time, and share each other's cultures, um, which is great. Um, and then they also get the opportunity to take in um, the amazing experience that is the Special Olympics World Games. So they have time to go to opening ceremonies. They have time, some time to watch some competitions. Um, and they uh, get to also share what they're doing um, through platforms such as this year we had um, Unified Talks put on by Bank of America where some of the youth got to stand on stage and talk about the projects that they're doing and their views on inclusion and share that with the rest of the audience that was visiting the, the World Games. So it's a really wonderful event that we get to do every two years at either our World uh, Summer or Winter Games. Um, and that's the Global Youth Leadership Summit. Yeah. Sometimes um, regions or programs or countries um, will do their own slightly smaller youth summits. Um, so Special Olympics North America has done them before at National Games, um, USA Games. Um, some countries will do their own smaller youth summits um, for all the youth leaders in their country. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes even regions have done them too, like all the youth leaders in Asia. 
will come together for, for something similar to what we do at the Global Youth Leadership Summit. But the global um, one um, takes place every two years mm-hmm. at the World Games. Hey, awesome. Awesome. So we'll um, talk in with uh, 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 Megan, who's the uh, manager of Unified Schools at Special Olympics International for the second of our three-part Unified Schools podcast series here on Special Chronicles. And so you talked about a a lot of the uh, projects that 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 the um, students um, 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 come with every two years. Can you maybe touch on maybe one or two um, projects to, just to kind of give all our listeners and and viewers a sample of some of the projects that that they work on during the Global Youth Summit? Yeah, so the projects range. There's a lot of different types of ideas that people have for uh, different projects that they want to do, different things they want to do to change their communities. So some examples, um, we have a youth pair from Indonesia that are doing a project called Unified Smiles. And what they're doing is um, they've partnered with a local Microsoft um, branch and they're doing training for youth with and without intellectual disabilities on social media skills and photography skills and videography skills um, together. So all of the youth are getting these technical skills, but then they're also making sure that youth with and without intellectual disabilities are being included in things like social media, which Mm -hmm. is so much of how youth today interact um, and is a really important way of being included Um, and what they're doing is um, using these skills and going out and um, recording and broadcasting and sharing um, different Special Olympics events that are going on with youth in schools in Indonesia. So it's really empowering the youth of Indonesia to be the ones that spread the word, take pictures, um, be the drivers of that communications around the great youth activation work that they're doing in Special Olympics Indonesia. Um, And then there's another project um, where our youth leaders in in the country of Mauritius, which I know a lot of people haven't heard of, but it's a beautiful little island country off the eastern coast of Africa, and they have a fantastic youth pair whose um, project is focused a lot more on unified sports um, and growing unified sports opportunities. So they, as youth, are leading um, their uh, Special Olympics program in getting partnerships with different athletic associations um, and federations, so the groups that really run sports on their island, um, and getting cooperation partnership agreements with them to promote unified sports. Um, And then they're also doing uh, unified sports demonstrations in schools all over their island. So their project is focused more on sports um, than on the the more communication side um, that the pair from Indonesia is doing. Um, And then we have a great a youth pair from Great Britain whose um, project is a unified play um, and they're doing something around theater um, and using that within their unified schools um, 
to teach people about inclusion. So it's a play that's going to be written and performed by youth with and without intellectual disabilities um, to spread the message of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final um, project that I, could, I guess I could highlight um, is one by our, our youth pair out of Colorado um, who are doing um, a super cool project called uh, Unified Adventures. And because they're in Colorado and there's so much natural beauty everywhere yeah. um, and a lot of very cool national parks and outdoor opportunities there, they're doing a, a unified club, fitness club, that uh, goes on hiking expeditions together um, and they focus on getting fit in a unified way um, and doing some of the things that Special Olympics and our unified fitness um, have done in recording um, the health benefits to the people that are participating, all the youth that are participating, but then also getting youth um, with and without intellectual disabilities out into nature together for activities like hiking and snowshoeing and all of those fun things um, together so they can um, grow and, and bond and have all of the the fun friendship and teamwork that comes out of um, unified activities. So those are just some of the 27 awesome projects that we have coming out of Uh, the summit in Austria Um, it's really exciting when you see all of the different creative ideas that youth have um, Mm -hmm. to change their communities and to really be the generation um, that lives unified and promotes inclusion so what's been the response uh, from from the um, projects and and this um, summit has has the when when the students come back to their communities have have you heard any response from these projects and that that the community has embraced uh, them um, coming back and 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 bringing about inclusion in their communities. Yeah, so a lot, they're still in progress, so um, they have a year to finish their projects, um, and the Youth Summit was in March. So a lot of them are still ongoing, but the initial results we've had are very positive. Mm -hmm. So um, the youth in Indonesia have been posting a lot of cool pictures and things on Facebook. Um, Some of the other projects have made um, Facebook pages and things like that where they can um, post different pictures and the response has been very positive from their um, communities, from their schools. Um, A lot of teachers are very excited to see students that are very engaged. Um, And then a lot of Special Olympics program leaders are also very excited because this is youth going out and doing a lot of work to spread Special Olympics and to spread the Unified Schools program. So it's great to see that youth are the ones kind of taking things up um, and leading this charge. Um, And the response has been really positive um, so far as things start coming in. But we'll have more more and more stories as those projects um, keep going um, and keep... um, coming to life so some of them have been on local news um in their home countries and home languages and like i said things are um 
continuing to come up as the projects get implemented, we get more and more stories awesome. of how communities are responding. Do you guys show any of these stories on on any of the special Olympics channels, or or how can our listeners find out more about the work that some of these projects um, that that the students are working on? Yeah, so um, we're going to continue as they um, implement their projects. A lot of them are going to be submitting blogs to us. So if you follow Special Olympics social media, um, so at Special Olympics on Twitter, um, the Special Olympics playbook blog um, is one place where the youth leaders um, will be also submitting some stories um, about the projects that they're doing. And another hashtag that was related to the summit, um, if listeners want to see some of the social media that was going on around the summit, is hashtag unified generation. Um, That's uh, one of the hashtags that we were using um, during the summit specifically Mm -hmm. and that the youth leaders continue to use as they're implementing their projects. Okay, awesome, awesome. I'll I'll put those links in the show notes on specialchronicles.com for episode 263 if... If um if anyone wants to follow and and find out more information about those those projects because the, they sound pretty exciting and and uh, that 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 they're bringing about uh, more inclusion in their communities across the globe and across the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. So the the uh, spread the world to end the world campaign that I think Solon had touched on last week um, is mm-hmm. um is is it has the bundle um, any response to that at either at, at the global youth uh, um, summit or, or with the various um, countries or even across the U.S. as as well? Um, has any of uh, of of the in the award campaign um, um, impacted any of the um, projects that that they've been working on this year? Yeah, so the Spread the Word to End the Word campaign is huge in the United States. You know, most of the schools um, in the United States, a lot of them do something around Spread the Word to End the Word campaign and have an R Word pledges in their schools. Um, I know you guys will probably talk about that more next week when you talk about U.S. schools. Yeah. Around the world, it gets a little bit tricky because not everyone speaks English. And um, there's not a direct translation to the R word um, in every language. So um, there's some places around the world that do spread the word to end the word and the R word campaign because there are places that mm-hmm. still use the R word um, even uh, when only some of the, the population speaks English and it's good for everybody to know um, that the what is wrong with that word. Um and then there are some places where there's also another word that is similar to the R word um, that they translate it to. So actually a really good example of this is we had a youth pair from the country of Oman at the Youth Summit this year. Who um, And Oman is in the Middle East and they speak Arabic. So a part of their project um, was to do... Um, a version of the R-Word campaign 
um, that they called not not backwards forwards because in in Arabic the word that they use um, that has is very similar to the R word and very negative about people with intellectual disabilities is the Arabic word for backward. That's what they would call somebody that had an intellectual disability if they wanted to, to make fun of them or say something negative about them. So their project, um, in addition to having like an art component mm -hmm. with it, um, is a campaign around ending the use of the word backward. So very same idea yeah. as the spread the word to end the word campaign, just with a different word. Um, mm -hmm. The word that's um, the same as what the R word is in the United States. In their country, the word backward is that word. Mm -hmm. So they want to uh, end the negative use of um, language and name calling um, to bully and hurt and hold down people with intellectual disabilities in their country the same way that Soren and the, the founders of the R word campaign in the United States wanted to end the R word here. Um, so that's where doing the R word campaign around the world, a lot of places do it um, because it's a, a nice, quick way you can get a lot of people involved and a lot of people hearing um, the message of inclusion and um, how you need to think about the way you talk about and treat people with intellectual disabilities, just in some places because um, words are different. A lot of places in the world have a negative word for people with intellectual disabilities, but it's not always the R word. Mm -hmm. So we just, mm -hmm. like with unified schools, we have to adapt to different people's cultures. Yeah. My name is Brian Quinn. My name is Sarah Prescott. And I'm Leah Bannon. And we're from the Special Olympics North America Unified Champion Schools team. And you're listening to the Special Chronicles Show podcast, giving respect and voice to people with special needs. Perfect. Uh, so this is Brian, and um, I'm the Senior Manager of Unified Champion Schools with Special Olympics North America. And I've been involved for about 11 years with previously with Special Olympics in Arizona, as well as as a unified uh, sports partner. And currently, um, I have the privilege of supporting each of our Special Olympics state programs and, and implementing unified champion schools across the state. So if you're not familiar, every single state in the U.S. has a Special Olympics state program office with staff, and they're there to support um, the schools and local programs and communities implementing Special Olympics and Unified Champion Schools, Unified Sports year-round, and uh, so we have uh, the opportunity to support them in implementing that, as well as creating national partnerships to support the work. Awesome. Great. Um, my name is Sarah Prescott, and I am a manager of Unified Champion Schools. Um, very similar to Brian, I provide field services and technical assistance for our state programs that are implementing the school programming. Um, I have been involved in so many capacities, really similar to Brian. I've been a volunteer, a unified sports partner, uh, been in the stand. And then I officially started working for Special Olympics International five years ago. 
and switched to the school's team about a year and a half ago. Hi, everyone. I'm not sure why my face isn't showing up, but <laughs> my name is Leah Bannon, and I am the Resources and Communications Manager for Unified Champion Schools. I've been here since March of this year, so a lot shorter, but I've been involved in the Special Olympics movement since I was 10 years old. I have family who work for Special Olympics, so I was um, also a volunteer, a unified partner. I helped start a college club in New Jersey for Special Olympics and um, I've just been a part of it my whole life so thanks Daniel for having all of us. Awesome, awesome. And I can see you Leah. Yeah, yeah, I can okay. see you Leah. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I made that up then. <laughs> Sorry guys. It's okay. Sorry guys, I'm new. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm guest today on this Sasha um, um, Conigo show. Uh, um, uh, Brian, Leah, and Sarah from the um, Unified Champion Schools uh, team at uh, Special Olympics. So let's move on and <laughs> talk a little bit about uh, how how is the whole school involved uh, and and do the schools incorporate the um, award campaign into their um, programming? Yes, so... We do try and get the whole school involved, as both Brian and Sarah did mention, as part of one of the pillars that we have. And the idea is to create that organic transition from just having these unified sports clubs and uh, unified leadership clubs into having more um, inclusion throughout the entire school. So activities like the R Word campaign are highly used within schools and and always back to our data, so um, 86% of schools that participated in Unified Champion Schools say that it's reducing bullying and teasing throughout their school. So we accredit a lot of this with the R Word campaign specifically and Respect Week and, and things of that nature where everyone in the school is involved, not just your athletes and not just your student leaders, but everyone in the school has the chance to participate and really get a feel for what inclusion is and just having that um, time to be able to really understand disabilities because a lot of students really might not be that familiar with all of the spectrum of disabilities that there are and this is a great opportunity for them to learn and to really understand what's going on and 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 just having that ability to make um such an impact so the percentage of students that said they heard the r uh, heard the r word being used was 83 percent and then that dropped to 54% in schools that were implementing the R Word campaign. So we are seeing the real impact of, of doing these whole school activities together. Any resources or links, if, if any um, schools or any listeners want to find out more about the Unified Champion Schools? Of course. So, so we push our content through Special Olympics International and Special Olympics North America's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube channel, Medium blog. So all of those social platforms, if you follow Special Olympics International or Special Olympics North America, you will find Unified Champion Schools um, content. But as far as going directly to our page, it's uh, specialolympics.org backslash unified dash champion dash schools so um and right from there you can get a link to our national school recognition program as well as a list of all of our resources um which i definitely recommend you guys go and check out because we do have a ton for uh students educators our state program so there really is a lot of information on there and our, our youth and schools resources page includes um unified schools global which you obviously have talked about the last two of your series, and it includes college clubs, Special Olympics college clubs. Okay, awesome. So, 
include those links on specialchronicles.com if anyone wants to find out more in information. And 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 if 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 any listeners um, have a, a school in their area who is not yet involved with Special Olympics or as a unified champion school, how how can they get involved? Yes. So if you go to those links, there is a contact email that you can you can send to, and we will be happy to direct you to your state Special Olympics program. And and if you are uh, a listener, then you maybe already have uh, some sort of connection to your state Special Olympics program. I definitely encourage to reach out directly to them as well. Any any final thoughts on your overall time here today on Special Chronicles that you you, you want to share with our listeners and our and and our viewers? No, I had fun. I want to thank you for having us. This was awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, thanks so much, and thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Great conversation. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, guests today on uh, the, the Special Chronicles show has been has been Leah, the Resources and Communications Manager for the Unified Champion Schools. At Special Olympics International, and, and Brian, the uh, um, senior manager, uh, and Sarah, the uh, manager for the uh, um, Unified Champion Schools at Special Olympics uh, North, uh, North America. Uh, uh, thank you again, and for um, for coming on Special Chronicles. And you've been listening to our three, our one-hour special of our Unified Schools Building a Unified Generation podcast series. And if you have enjoyed that that conversation, you can go ahead and uh, like to let you know that you can send in your feedback anytime by. Uh, email emailing us or an email or audio file or better yet, uh, text us anytime your feedback instantly anytime anywhere by by uh, texting to the address feedback at specialchronicles.com. That's feedback at specialchronicles.com. Under that address into your text messaging app where you normally put someone's phone number and type your text message to us. And you can text us either a, a, a picture, an, an emoji, a, uh, a video, a, a photograph, in even an audio file. You can do that as well. You can text us that. And I'll show up instantly on this iPad and that's in front of me here in studio. And we, we would greatly appreciate your feedback anytime and, and anywhere that you're listening to us. Or maybe you're watching us right now on, on, on SCTV, which is all all. Uh, um, original digital on-demand television platform uh, that's right here on Special Chronicles. Or you can join the conversation on social media at Special Chronicles on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So go go, go there or on Twitter at Special City Podcast. But go, but go on to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and hit that like and follow buttons and on Twitter at, uh, at Special City Podcast. And we would uh, really thankful for all, all of your supports. And while you are out there, Please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Stitcho. Go to Google Play, Facebook. Tune in wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us your five-star ratings and, and, and reviews. It really helps a lot more people out there know about this program, how more people out there know about Special Chronicles and all the different endeavors that we have going on here as we're celebrating our 10-year 
uh, anniversary this year, 2018. And I'd like to let, let you know, finally, that Special Chronicles is proud to partner with the Comrade Energy Force Ambassador Program. The Energy Force is the country's first energy efficiency education program designed for and taught by people with disabilities. Comrade is really powering lives, and, and, and this year, you know, time to you as Special Chronicles 2018. Comrade is really powering us here as Special Chronicles to make programs and content available to you absolutely for free for you to listen or watch or read here at Special Chronicles. And so please go to spe- uh, specialchronicles.com slash comrade. That's specialchronicles.com slash comrade to, to learn more and thank them. And, and, and we thank comrade for the general support of Special Chronicles. And this episode 313 is, is also brought to you by listeners like you. Please join our many supporters, our, our individuals, for helping to support us at Special Chronicles with, with your tax-deductible donation today to help us continue our, our mission of giving respect and voice to people with special needs. Please go to specialchronicles.com slash given. That's specialchronicles.com slash given. I mean, thank you for your general support of our mission at Special Chronicles. I'd like to once again thank our guests, our guests uh, on uh, uh, that were from uh, Special Olympics International and Special Olympics in North America for for being a part of this one-hour Unified School Special right here on SpecialChronicles.com. Remember all the links. Um, for how you can get your school. We really hope that you, you can get your school. Wherever you're listening to this, we'll put links in the show notes on specialchronicles.com slash podcast 313. Or just go to specialchronicles.com slash unified schools. And all of those links will be, in the, will be in the show notes for this one hour special how you can get your school, your school or your kid's school involved in unified schools and becoming a national unified champion school. Uh, we uh, really hope that this has really empowered you to, to remember to choose to include, join our inclusion revolution, and in, in, in building a unified generation. Thank you, and we'll be back next week with, well, actually later this week, with, you probably saw the announcement if you follow us on, on social media or follow me personally. Once again, uh, you can follow me personally at Podman Dan, P-O-D-M-A-N-D-A-N, at Podman Dan on, on, the, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Twitter. And you saw the, you saw the announcement, but coming up, coming up next week, we'll be bringing you another live update from Special Olympics Illinois. Some very big news that I was, that I was um, surprised to get. And was speechless doing the uh, announcement, and uh, the uh, we'll be putting up the reactive video, but we'll uh, as well this Friday and bringing you, bringing you the the one hour special uh, live from the Special Olympics Illinois Northern uh, uh, Lombard offices is uh, coming up as well this week, plus tons more exciting content coming to you in the coming weeks and coming months ahead, and Marco calendars. Finally, for Special Chronicles 10 Year Celebration, go to specialchronicles.com last 10th to purchase your tickets as well as to donate to our 10 Year Celebration. That's coming up once again on November 4th, 2018. So don't delay. Go purchase your tickets and donate right now. Right now. After we sign off and 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 sign off on this podcast, go purchase your tickets right now on specialchronicles.com. So until next week, remember, choose to include... 
Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. And that's a wrap. We are bringing to you is. Uh, I need to pull off the script again. I just uh, two days in a while. I do not know my script. Oh, hold on. Oh, I. Oh, I have to. I have a new intro, so hold on.